This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. You heard from him this past Monday, and Mark S.A. Smith is back on the show to help us get more tactical about being a nimble leader. Mark, welcome back to the show, my friend. An honor to be here, Zach. Thank you. Man, I'm super excited about this because the the nimble C-suite, the nimble company, the books you have in pre-publication, our whole conversation for Monday, talking about nimbility being a huge aspect of leadership, I really want to give the audience an opportunity to understand the action steps, the tactics. How do we actually make the move toward nimbility ourselves and with our organizations? What would you say those action steps look like for us, Mark? All right. Well, the first one may surprise you. If you're going to be a nimble leader, you have to embody a characteristic that is absolutely critical to a change maker. And it is well embodied by first responders and soldiers. And this is their willingness. You must be willing to step into the unknown if you're going to be nimble. See, first responders are willing to run toward the gunshots. They're willing to run towards the fire. They're willing to run towards the disaster while everybody else is fleeing the scene. You cannot, as a leader, flee the scene. You must run toward the chaos if you're going to be success, if you're going to be nimble. And so if you do not have the willingness to step into the unknown, if you do not have the willingness to make mistakes, if you do not have the willingness to fail, you cannot be a nimble leader. It is impossible. Understand that failure and success are roommates. They exist in the same place. And the difference between success and failure is what you do next. As Thomas Edison so wisely said, I have not failed, not once. I've discovered 10,000 ways that don't work. And Thomas still has more patents personally than any other person on the planet. Well, yes, of course, he created a factory to do so. But he was the guy that thought up the ideas, and he handed them off to others to develop. And you as a leader have to be willing to fail forward. And so this cultural need to be right 100% of the time is anti-nimbility. This cultural need to always make the right decision is anti-nimbility. You have to recognize that it's setting the course, taking the steps, and making course corrections that allow you to be nimble. So you have to start off with willingness. Now that you've passed that, (laughs) the next thing you have to work on is your identity. You have to say things like, I am a nimble leader. I am learning what is required to be the best nimble leader possible. I am leading with my heart because that's what the world needs today is leaders that operate out of love for the customer, love for the team, love for the vendors, love for the community. We can no longer operate just out of a profit motivation. Profit will come when we serve our tribe out of love. And that is one of the key transitions to nimbility because your heart is always going to be right. Our intuition is never wrong. 
Our brains are tricked by illusions all the frickin' time. And knowledge based on illusion is an illusion of knowledge. And that creates a lot of chaos. <laughs> so it's not about being right. It's about learning at every step. It's about growing at every step. And so you have to ad adopt your identity that this is the kind of person you are. This is it. And if you have any form of identity that uh, is going to be anything other than flexible and resilient, you cannot move to the next part, which is developing the mindset of a nimble leader. Identity always precedes mindset. You cannot change your mindset unless you change your identity. Now, notice that in these identity statements, you don't say, I will try to be a nimble leader. Try is a lie to yourself and to everybody else. It means you're not committed. <laughs> and you're probably hearing Yoda in your head. <laughs> there is no try. You either do or you do not. So eliminate try from your vocabulary other than, I think I'll try that new dish that I haven't had before. <laughs> But when it comes to what you are going to execute, there is no try. Try is going to set you up for disruption because it gives you an out. Well, I said I'd try, so there's an out. Well, those friends' willingness is not, it is not compatible with stepping into the possibility of failure. And that's almost like a, a pretense to failing, right? If you're like walking yes. into a situation like... And this is something you, I learned from days in martial arts, the military police. You don't walk into a fight expecting to lose. That's you right. I'm going to try to win. The, <laughs> right. I'm going to try to win. That's already like a defeatist mentality. And you just shrug it off like, well, I tried. But did you actually, did you have the conviction? I, I see this now looking at it in business with entrepreneurs. I'm going to try to do this, right? But do you truly have the conviction to sell what you're doing? Do you have that conviction of I'm not going to lose this fight? And that's something I see leaders lacking at times is like the conviction, knowing they're making the right decision or standing by whatever that next move is, standing by these different things. I think conviction is so key to I'm not losing this fight. I'm entering into the arena to get this win. Right on. Conviction creates compelling and compelling is why customers buy. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're saying, I think I'm going to try this, don't bother. It means that the vision is not clear and your motivation is not completely aligned. And that means you're going to fail. And I think one of the reasons why entrepreneurs have an average of fail, 17 failed businesses is because they haven't put heart and soul in, in it. The entrepreneurs that I see that, that go into business and are in business are 100% all in, nothing held back. And it's funny, that goes back to something you said a moment ago, that it's almost like the predisposition of, I'm going to be right. I tried, but I'm right about it's not going to work. I'll try it, but it's probably not going to work. You're already like setting up that not focusing on being right, focus on learning is what you said. And that's such a great twist to that aspect of things. Like if you're focused on being right and you go in with the predisposition that you're only trying, you're only going to give it a shot, your toes in the water, you're not doing a cannonball into the pool, then you're not even focused on the opportunity to learn of what may happen coming out of that. So I, yes, I just want to draw that circle around that and kind of tie a bow on it because that's such a great aspect of what you just said. Indeed. You said that so well, and you're absolutely spot on. The whole point is that if try is your mantra, you can pretty much count that you're going to fail unless it's a slam dunk. 
But then again, if all we could do was things we were good at, how boring would life be? It's true. <laughs> Cause honestly, and and I guess it's good and bad, right? That moment of panic of going all in, where it's like as entrepreneurs, we kind of have that mindset of like it's we're all in, but it's terrifying at the same time. So like being all in yet facing fear. And the military loves acronyms, and I've said this before on the show, but fear being an acronym of false evidence appearing real, if your conviction outweighs that fear, then you know you're that solution to the problem you're wanting to fix because you've Absolutely. done the work into it. It shifts all of that mindset away from try all the way to doing. That's right. Well, yes, fear is an illusion. All fear is a prediction of an undesired outcome. It's all an illusion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you said, false evidence appearing real, that is the definition of an illusion. Absolutely. Yeah. So all fear is, is an illusion. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're being attacked by a bear, that's no illusion. And what you're going to feel is not fear. You're going to feel adrenaline to run or do whatever you need to do. And so it's very different when you look backwards. You know, when you look back at that situation, you go, I just did what I had to do. I didn't feel afraid. I just did what I had to do. So in this case, as entrepreneurs, if you have that, oh, what you're really feeling is the excitement of the unknown. And it's the same as, have you ever gone on, on a roller coaster for the very first time and you don't quite know what the ride's going to be like? So you're kind of a little bit, a little bit anticipatory, a little bit nervous, maybe. See, that's the roller coaster fear. Because you know you're going to be okay. You just saw the people get off after taking the ride. <laughs> you're not going to die. Right. All right. All right. You're probably not going to throw up because that would really make for a lousy roller coaster if they're cleaning the damn thing up every time they put somebody on it. So pretty much it's been designed to keep you okay. And if that anticipation that you're feeling is this anticipation of launching a new business. So the check is, is this roller coaster fear? Mm. And that's what a lot of, especially the successful entrepreneurs, almost like crave that feeling. Yes. Where yes, the good yes. ones lean into that. And yes, you have that fear. There's a great book I read many years ago, The Gift of Fear, where you're like leaning into when the hairs in your neck stand up and you're leaning into your intuition All right, and you have that excitement. That's where it really gets good. All right. Here's where we need to reframe this. Boom. Here we go. All right. Entrepreneurs have a low sensitivity to adrenaline, which means they only feel the adrenaline when they're at a place where they need to call forth all of their energy. And frequently what happens is that we label adrenaline release as fear. And what it may actually be is just the energy you need to act swiftly. Now, there are other people that have a very low, to uh, low to high tolerance. So entrepreneurs have high tolerance. There are others that have a very low tolerance, and those people are highly risk averse. They're the ones that say, no, I can't go on the roller coaster because it messes with my stomach. Well, that's because they don't like the feeling of adrenaline. And truly disruptive leaders love the feeling of adrenaline. You look at Larry Ellison, the CEO of Oracle, who pilots the fastest yachts on the planet, and he does stunt racing in airplanes. You take a look at Sir Richard Branson right? Ballooning across the Atlantic. You take a look at the CFO, I can't remember his name right now, of Google jumping out of a balloon at 138,000 feet. These people are adrenaline junkies. So what we have to do is reframe this. Is it just the fact that I've got adrenaline flowing because 
that is what I need to take radical action. And I'm just interpreting that as fear because adrenaline is what happens when we're in a fearful or a dangerous situation. So we have to recast that fear is merely a sensation and we get to apply a label to it, whether it's fear or high excitement. I absolutely love that. And it's really interesting with that framing to think about because you're, you're right. I mean, it, it's so many people are more or less risk averse, right? They're wanting to they are. all of that. They don't and, like adrenaline. They don't like right, that feeling. Right. And but they the make really is, good accountants. They make really good lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't the <laughs> ones. I mean, really you hit the nail on the head because the ones that are willing to embrace that are the ones that do the exceptional are the ones that, you know, growth happens outside of the comfort zone. Well, that's the comfort zone, right? That's the parameter that's of the comfort zone that you're starting to feel. Mark, I absolutely love that. And I want to give the audience another opportunity. What's the best way for them to reach out to you, contact you, get your book, find all your content. What's just the best way for them to connect with you and get more from you? All right. Well, so two ways to get a hold of me. Number one is let's connect on LinkedIn. The reason why is because no matter what happens, I'll always have my LinkedIn account. If my email changes, you'll still get a hold of me. And the best way to find me is just type in marksonlinkedin.com into your browser, M-A-R-K-S on O-N, linkedin.com. That'll take you directly to my profile. Or you can search Mark S. A. Smith and find me that way if you want to do the old school. Just say, hey, I saw you on the Tactical Leader Show and I'd like to connect. Absolutely, I will connect with you and you know, open for conversations if you want to talk with me. If you have a burning problem, if you have a problem that you think I can help you solve right away, text me 719-440-0439. So 719-440-0439. Don't call me because I won't recognize your number and it'll go into the spam folder. But go ahead and text me and say, hey, saw you on the show and I really could use some insights. We'll just, you know, if I'm available, I'll talk to you then. No big deal. And if not, we'll schedule some time for a conversation. If this is the second half of uh, 2022, when you're seeing this, my books will be available on Amazon. If not, if you think you could benefit from the book, let's have a conversation and, and I'll see if it's right to get a, a book in your hand. And, and, and by the way, we actually have a conversation about adrenaline sensitivity in the Nimble C-suite because you don't want to put adrenaline resistant people in certain roles. You want to have a, a adrenaline averse people in certain roles. So we actually talk about that as one of the characteristics in right matching skills and mindset. It actually includes how a person's body responds to adrenaline in the right places in the right times. I love it. Mark, you're the man. I appreciate the wisdom, the direct contact that you're providing with the audience. And overall, my friend, I appreciate your time and for sharing everything you brought to the show today, my friend. Well, Zach, you know, if you didn't invite me, I couldn't get my world out, my word out to your world. So I am honored that you chose to bring me on because you're helping me achieve my mission. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.